Good to see everyone that's here this morning. We have visitors among us and we welcome you and we appreciate your presence and encourage you to come back whenever possible. Happy to have you here. You know, there are many recent events within the world today and we hear about and we see on the news and social media and hear about from our friends. And I thought about what our responsibility is as we navigate through this world today. And uh, the many worldly things that are put in front of us and put in front of our children with even now the cartoons and things of that nature. It seems that Satan is in try trying to indoctrinate our children at such a young age to try to put worldliness and the worldly thoughts into their minds at such a young age. And not only them, but those that are in college are being just overwhelmed with all kinds of, of ungodly and uh, ideas and philosophies of the day. And then we today, as we navigate through life, this kind of worldliness is put in front of us. You know, many church leaders of the day say that the church is, if the church is going to make it, is the church is going to do good in this present day and make an impact on the world and this generation, it needs to change and become more worldly in its thinking. In other words, cater to the world instead of the church doing what God commands us to do. You know, some may think, well, that's a good thing to do. No, in business, you want to change as things change. You may improve the way you do things. You may bring in new technology and things of that nature. But when it comes to things that are in the Bible and from the biblical sense and how God sees it, that's a false statement and something we should disregard. As you read through the New Testament, the Bible makes it very clear that we're not to become entangled with the world, as in 2 Peter 2 and verse 20. And the first question I want to ask today is, what is the world? Or what is it that we're talking about when we talk about the world today? There are three, three things that I believe, three meanings of the word world. The first is, the Bible says that there is the, the, the created world. Acts 17 and verse 24, God made the world and everything in it. We understand that God created the world and the universe and all those things that are in it. Secondly, there is the inhabitants of the world whom God loves and for whom Christ died. John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Thirdly, there is the cosmos, the world system, which is headed up by Satan and based on selfishness, greed, pride, and all the things that we see in the prominent society today. This is the world that God warns us about and to stay away from. It's this world system and the philosophy that is taught and, and proclaimed today that we live in as Christians and are to stay away from, though, and free from. There's clear teaching about this word, the world or the cosmos. The warning of the Bible is very clear. Paul, writing to the Romans, said in Romans 12 and verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Also, the Bible teaches in Galatians 1, verse 4, that Christ himself gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil 
age or the cosmos or this world that we are living in. In other words, the world was such a danger to our souls that Christ had to go to the cross and die to deliver us from it. That's what a danger the world is today. Throughout the Bible, the lines, though, are definitely drawn to show us the difference between the world of unbelievers and the world of the children of God. In James, the fourth chapter, and verse 14, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That is a distinct line that is drawn by God to separate us from the world. If you want to be a friend of the world, then you become an enemy of God. Jesus himself said in John the 17th chapter in verses 14 through 16, the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Again, Jesus said in John 15 and verse 18, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. The Bible also teaches that the Christian will face opposition in the world. Paul talked about this in 2 Timothy 2, 3 and verse 12. All who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. There is a definite line drawn, a division between what is worldly and what is Christ-like. Just as Christ's life, even with all his love that he showed, and all the concern and, and selfishness that was, was condemned to the world of his time. So when he lived the Christian life, so when we live the Christian life today, it brings criticism. It brings opposition and it brings persecution into our lives from those who cannot and will not understand God's plan of salvation or his love for us and his grace and mercy that is shown towards us. The Bible teaches us that we should be not be discouraged by this treatment though from the world but instead we should consider it evidence that we are identified with Christ when we get persecuted for being a Christian that's good because people identify us then with Christ and that's a good thing Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verses 11 and 12 blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. But we have to be careful. We have to not be uh, deceived about the world. You know, it's difficult in this age or this cosmos of the society that we live in Sometimes it's not easy to distinguish what is right and what is wrong. Sometimes it's not easy to distinguish what is worldly and what is godly. Because Satan is the great deceiver. And sometimes we don't make the right decisions. Sometimes Satan would have you to believe that it's okay. It's acceptable. If you don't think that's the case, then we look at the denominational world today, and those have been convinced that it's okay to change the church into something that God doesn't even recognize anymore sometimes. The Bible refers to Satan as an angel of light in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, He's a great imitator. He's a liar. He's a fake. And it's not always easy to distinguish between Satan's world and the realm where God reigns. 
Jesus said that if it were possible, Satan would deceive even the elect. Matthew 24 and 24. We know that he tried to deceive Jesus. He tried to get Jesus to sin. This world has all of its entertainment and distractions that seem to saturate every part or every corner of our life. And it makes the Christian life seem sometimes antiquated and irrelevant and out of sync with society. And that is the way we're supposed to be. But the world looks at the Christian and says, you just aren't relevant today. Christ is not relevant today. We need a different religion or we don't need that at all because times change, you see. But today when we buy, you know, it, it kind of always irritates me that when you go buy a computer or you go buy a cell phone, it's almost like before you even learn how to use the thing, it's outdated because there's such new technology coming along. That's not the way the Christian life is. The church has been around for centuries and it is still as relevant and powerful as it ever has been. What has changed though is man's heart, his passions, and his dedication to spiritual things. That's what's changed. The Word and God and Jesus have not changed. In much of the entertainment media that we see and we deal with, that is, that is promoted in the world, the name of God is profaned. Immorality is glamorized. We see that so much today. And ethical living and Christian moral standards are laughed at. Even many Christians are tricked into believing that they can't enjoy life except as a member of a worldly crowd or some, uh, something that, that is very worldly and worldly things. However, the happiest people that you will meet on the face of the earth are those that are Christians. Those that have separated themselves from the world and those that are following the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't depend on fake and temporary pleasures because the things that entice us today are temporary. They are fleeting. They go away. They don't have to be involved in every kind of worldly activity to relax their minds, the Christian doesn't, and to enjoy life and have peace of mind. The Bible says in Psalm 16 and verse 11, in your presence is fullness of joy. Christianity is not a long list of restrictions. It opens our lives up to the real joy of living. The world would have you to believe that following Christ is nothing but a, a list of things that you can't do. You can't do this. Don't do this. Thou shalt not do this. That's what the world would have you to believe. The world would have us to believe that Christianity is a boring life, that you really can't do the things that bring joy to your life, that you've been forbidden from partaking of worldly things. The world says, you need to live a little bit. You need to, to kind of just let things go and not worry about that and go out and just live life as it is intended. That's what Satan wants you to believe. But the Bible says the opposite. Christ said in John 10 and verse 10, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. 
with freedom, with joy in our hearts. And those who have truly been converted to Jesus Christ know the meaning of an abundant life. We all here this morning that serve God know what that abundant life is and how much joy we receive. So when things happen in life that trouble us, we still have a joy. We still have that abundant life that gives us and brings us joy. The Bible teaches that worldliness is forced, is a force, excuse me, that is in opposition to all that is godly and Christian. Its goal is about fulfilling our own selfish pleasures, material success, and the pride of life. It is ambitious, self-centered. God is not necessarily denied, but he is just ignored and forgotten. You ought and ask people if they believe in God. Well, they'll, a good portion of them will tell you, yes, I believe in God, but they've ignored God. They've forgotten about him because all the things of life that they want to do and then entice them, that's what they are involved in. The world would ignore him to achieve their own selfish pleasures. J.C. Mahaney, I, I ran across this little example in his book of Worldliness, Resisting the Seduction of a Fallen World, says, the world we're not to love is the organized system of human civilization that is actively hostile to God and alienated from God. The world God forbids us to love is the fallen world, humanity at enmity with God, a world of arrogant, self-sufficient people seeking to exist apart from God and living in opposition to God. It's a world richly deserving of the righteous wrath of the holy God. Dead said against the gospel of Jesus Christ that this is the world we're forbidden to love. Folks, we hear of on the news these days and the and the current movements of sometimes of the things that are in society and corporations and in our government that are almost forbidding for you to say God or Christ in your conversations. We as Christians don't believe in that. But this is the world we live in. We're not a part of it, but we live in this world. How do we navigate through all that? Well, there's no neutral ground. The Bible is clear that the world's inhabitants in, in, in one of, is in one of two categories. Either under the influence of the world or they're in Christ and under the influence and direction of God. There's no neutral ground. The line is very clear. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians 2 and verses 2 and 5 about the sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, even when we were dead in trespasses, but God made us alive together with Christ. The words course of, of this world indicate in the meaning uh, the current or flow of the world. The course of this world. In other words, like swimming with the current of the world. But what the world will not tell you is that there is all the dangers of just going with the flow. 
There are the, there are the undercurrents. There are the eddies. There are the things that will snag you and snare you and pull you down to the bottom and will drown you. That's not what the world tells you about. You know, I think all of us here, maybe not all of us, but most of us that live in this area, we hear the name of the, the Killer Kern, the Kern River. They call it the Killer Kern because of what it does. That it kills so many people that want to get in it and swim in it. Chances are that maybe this weekend someone may lose their life in that river. As of July 19, 2021, KGET News said, since 1968, the Kern County Sheriff's Office says 315 people have died in the Kern River, eight of which have happened this year. The search and rescue team urges people to be safe if they plan on going around the water and make sure to have a life jacket on at all times. The Sheriff's Department is warning about getting in the river to stay away from the danger of the river and not become a fatality. God is warning us to stay away from the world and not get entangled in the world, not get in that flow, not to get in that current or flow, and to be aware of all the problems that the world doesn't tell you about. You know, Vicki and I just took a cruise down to Cabo San Lucas. And right there in Cabo San Lucas, the, you kind of pull in to the, to the bay there. I guess it's a bay. It's a little bit of a, uh, a bay. And they took us on shore, and we had a little uh, uh, event that we were going to go to, and they bust us over the top uh, of the little bit of a peninsula there onto the Pacific side. And the one thing that they said is they wanted to make sure that we didn't even put our feet in the water. They said you can go right down to it, you can walk right up to it, but stay out of it because it's dangerous. We walked out there and sure enough there was the beach, nobody on it, and signs up that said stay out, no swimming. Why? Because it's dangerous. God warns us to stay out of the current of the world because it's dangerous. Don't go with the flow. Don't become part of the world to stay away from it. We would be wise to stay clear of the course of the world. Instead, we need to swim against the current. Satan employs every device in his com command to harness, uh, excuse me, to harass and tempt and hurt the people of God. And his attack on the Christian is never ending. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians 6 and verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This isn't something we see this isn't something that we can grasp a hold of and we can push to the ground and we can, and we can hold to the ground. This is things that are going on in the spiritual realm that are trying to get us and pull us away from God. Satan wants to get us away from God. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But God hasn't left us defenseless in this fight. God provides the power to give us victory over Satan. Paul said in Romans 8 and verse 37, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
Well, how do we overcome worldliness? We can overcome the continual attacks of Satan and the power of, by, and the power of this world over this cosmos or system uh, in the world of evil by the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. We won't ever overcome it by our own power. We won't overcome it by our own righteous deeds. We'll never overcome it by just um, having a social concern and being involved in some kind of social revolution, if you want to say. The Bible says in Revelation 12 and 11, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. It's through Jesus and by Jesus and the power of God that we overcome the world. We are involved in a spiritual conflict. This is a battle between the forces of God and the forces of Satan. And we're involved in it and God asks us to choose a side. That's how we overcome is choosing a side. The Bible warns us about being taken in by the evil of this world. Satan lies and he's very clever. He's very deceptive, as we mentioned earlier, about, about the, and mixing the truth up to where it's untrue. And he's tempting and he's convincing. He uses logic to try to sway us and to try to turn us away. He even quoted scripture when he was talking to Jesus and trying to tempt Jesus. So the Bible instructs Christians to make a clean break from all the evils of this world. Paul said to the Corinthian brethren, therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Worldliness makes the Christian unclean. Just like in the Old Testament, they were told not to touch certain things and those animals that were that were dead and certain types of things they were if they even touched it they were considered unclean he says don't touch the world it makes you unclean don't mess with it don't meddle with it don't play it play with it don't swim in it don't mess don't touch it don't walk into it leave it alone he says because if you don't it'll make you unclean worldliness makes us unclean Jesus ate with the publicans and the sinners. In Mark 2 and verse 16, nearly everyone that he was kind of associated with was an outcast. But his relationship with them was not just a social relationship. It was for the purpose of changing them. And you know, we go out into the world. That doesn't mean that we can't have association with those that are in the world. But we're trying to change them. We're trying to change those that are in the world. That doesn't mean that we isolate ourselves from the world. Because we have the responsibility to go out into the world and preach the gospel. If we're going to go into the world to preach the gospel, we're going to be preaching the gospel to those that are in sin. Those that are sinners. That doesn't mean we're becoming part of the world. 
Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. And he said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Also in Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We have that duty as a Christian to go into the world and to preach the gospel. And we're going to preach it to those that are living in sin. Christians are, one illustrator gave this example, are like a scuba diver. A scuba diver goes into the water and he breathes underwater, but he takes his environment with him. That doesn't mean he's a fish because he's under the water and he's breathing under the water. He's not part of that world. But he's in that world and he takes his environment with him. We as Christians, we take our environment with us into the world, but we don't become part of that world. So we can, so we as Christians are in the world, we come in contact with the world, but we retain our own distinctiveness amongst the world as Christians and refuse to let the world conform and press us into its mold. When we begin to imitate the world and the world is what influences us when we talk like the world, when we act like the world and we do the things of the world, when we become materialistic in our ideas and that, that that's drives us instead of God's influence, we're beginning to not just be in the world, but of the world and not separate and apart from the world. The world's very empty. It's full of unfulfilled dreams. It's full of things that promise you but never deliver. You know, the, the commercials we see today, the, uh, seems like they s indicate that the only way that you can really have fun and have pleasure in life is to partake of these worldly things. Ask the alcoholic about that. Ask the person that is struggling with all many kinds of addictions in life if it's fun anymore. It's not. The world has nothing to offer you but dis disappointment and problems. It's an empty world. But God's word and his world are always the same and never changing. The gospel is the same today as it was on the day of Pentecost, Hebrews 13 and verse 8. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can always count on that. We can always trust in that. We can always put our faith in that. God has entrusted the work of his kingdom to us. And if the world system or the cosmos is going to change for good, it will be because of our efforts and the power of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ to, be, to change it, but to not be part of it. The primary responsibility of the Christian is to preach the gospel and proclaim that God loves the world and that he has redeemed it through the shed blood of his Son, our Lord, and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And his desire is to save the world. Then after men and women come to Christ and they go back into the world to live a life with Christ living in them, 
they may become like the salt and the light of the world, as mentioned in Matthew 5 and verses 13 and 14, that they might be able to have some influence on those that are in the world. We're to love those who are outside of Christ, who Christ died for. We're to pray for them. We're to talk to them. We're to study with them, pray with them, do all kinds of things with them to help them to see that they need to come to Christ, but we don't become part of the world. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.